Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Profiles podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Baldwin. My intention for this show is to create a space for open conversations with women from all backgrounds, to shed light on stories of entrepreneurship, creativity, human potential, and self-expression. Join me here every week for another dose of inspiration and a new feminine profile. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Lucy Franck de Ferrier of From Lucy, a New York City bakery, on the podcast today. And, you know, when I was thinking about guests back in July, I love the idea of having a place of gathering one day, whether that's a bakery or a cafe or a tea room or whatever it is. I think in real life community is so important and I think it just makes a community and I think it makes a downtown it makes an experience when you're in a city or visiting somewhere just going to these beautifully curated shops or adorable bakeries or a beautiful boutique I just love when there's personal touch put into these spaces so I've been following From Lucy for a while and absolutely love the aesthetic of her cakes and her bakery. It's simple yet refined, but not too refined. It's like the perfect balance. And I heard her story on the Cherry Bomb podcast, which is a podcast. Well, it's also a magazine, but the podcast um, interviews people from all different cooking backgrounds, baking backgrounds, anything to do with the food space. So I love that podcast and it really feeds all my food interests, which is a big part of where my inspiration in life comes from. It comes from food and cooking. I loved hearing Lucy's story about how she started back in 2020 and where she comes from in France and how her mother's bed and breakfast really shaped her upbringing and her cooking today. And I'm excited to get back to New York to visit in person. But it's funny that I'm recording this intro now because three days ago I got a continuous glucose monitor, which is basically something you can stick on the back of your arm and tells you your blood sugar throughout the day. And oh my gosh, I cannot have any baked goods or sweets for a while. I'll take a rest before the holidays come around. But um, but yeah, love a baked good, love a pastry, love cake when you know the time calls but for now that is not what is working for my body so ignorance is bliss sometimes but sometimes you just gotta know what you're doing to to your body so so yeah definitely won't turn down desserts around the holidays but for now my body is asking for a lot of protein very little carbs um, unless in the form of vegetables so yeah like butternut squash is working um, sweet potatoes working but like I used to have sourdough and I seem to not be able to handle that right now so I definitely can't have cake if I can't have bread also dried fruit which is duh but yeah that's that's out right now too. I'll give a little update in next week. Next week I'm doing a solo episode. Um, so I'll give kind of an update around lots of things because I haven't recorded a solo since starting this podcast like two months ago. So 
just a longer form update on what's happened, what's happening since I shared last. So yeah, lots more to come there. I'm sure it'll be long. We'll see. But yeah, again, I just love this conversation with Lucy. I think what she's created in New York is so beautiful and she's really created a a loyal following on Instagram and in person and created a beautiful space in her neighborhood for people to go to for special occasions for every day. So I'm very inspired by her story and by her, you'll kind of hear in the conversation, but I think she has a beautiful presence and also non-attachment and not a like tight control over the outcome or the long-term vision. I think she's just really flowing with what feels good um, to her community, what feels good to her business, to her employees, and seeing where that takes her. So loved her story, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Lucy of From Lucy. Kicking off, Lucy, I got introduced to you of course through Instagram and seeing these unique mini cakes with flowers on top and just how beautifully personal your baked goods are and now seeing the cookies you make I just think you have such a personal French touch on everything you do and I would love to hear your story about you know COVID hit 2020 you started baking cakes and kind of took off from there I would love to hear that initial kind of when the seeds were planted in 2020 and if seeds were planted even before then? Yeah, of course. It is kind of an interesting story. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because COVID was a really weird time where no one really knew what was going on, what was going to happen the next day. And I then had lost my job, uh, I think it was April 2020. So peak kind of COVID where a lot of businesses just didn't have the money to keep employees and just laid a lot of people off. And I, my visa also dependent on my job. So it took me a while to be able to get on another visa and actually be able to, you know, work somewhere uh, for a company. And so what I did for a little while is I was kind of at home and anyone who knows me knows that I hate just being at home. I just constantly need to do something. That being said, I used to work in the art world. I used to create shows. And so I absolutely loved it. And I thought that was going to be my career. But after two and a half, three years of working in the industry, I realized that creating is the only happens like once every three months during a show. And then the rest of the month is just sitting behind a computer and waiting to sell the artwork. So I grew up on a farm where my dad's dad is a winemaker and my mom has a bed and breakfast where she kind of like, she created every single thing in the room. She would sew the curtains, you know, make the bed, like everything. So I kind of created around this, uh, grew up around this creative world. And I think just sitting behind a computer, I felt like I needed to work more with my hands. Even before COVID, my then boyfriend and now husband, we got married a month ago, so... Uh, it's very new and I love saying it. He had just bought me a stand mixer like a few months before COVID because I was baking at home a little bit already and I just didn't have the right uh, equipment. And so it was kind of like a, a little surprise. So I was doing that for my friends and for my um, colleagues at the art world. And they were kind of like, okay, I've had enough. Like, this is too much food. Like, you should actually probably do a little, you know, website and sell a few baked goods. So that was kind of like in the back of my mind, but 
as you know, like you were just saying, maybe in another life or, you know, in years and years. And then when COVID hit and they laid, laid me off, my husband had just opened his uh, cafe restaurant called Sunday to Sunday in the Lower East Side. He literally opened like the week before COVID. And then, you know, we were just kind of worried. We we're like, I hope people will come. They don't know us. Um, but we were on a busy street. So we're like, I'm sure people will come in either way. What can happen, you know? And a week later, though, they were just like, no one's allowed outside. During that whole month of being closed, we were just kind of at home and obviously worried about COVID and family. But at the same time, he was just thinking about what doing with the restaurant and cafe. And so we decided to reopen just with a takeout window where people, you know, local people that just were at home all day and kind of worried came in with like a triple mask at the window and asked for coffee and pastries. But all the pastry places in, in New York were closed because of COVID as well. And they used to distribute the, um, the pastries at his place. And so I was very really bored at home and I was like, I know how to make my mom's, you know, banana bread, my mom's cookie. Like, I think I can do this. And honestly, we were just so desperate. We're like, okay, let's just do it. And, you know, at the beginning, my cookie wasn't great and it took me a few months to get it perfected, but people started coming back for it. And I was like, okay, this could actually be a fun project because I was doing something with my hands. I was feeling very creative and I was actually seeing people smile when they were eating pastries. And I was like, what else can you ask for, you know? And that, that I was kind of missing in the art world a little bit, that kind of exchange of people and the creative side. And so it kind of naturally happened because I had nothing else to do. And I was just learning, you know, a new recipe every day. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and then that's when Daniel from Alimentary Flaneur was also in the Essex market, which is down the street from the cafe restaurant. And he would come and have his coffee all the time at the cafe. And he was just like, we should do a little pop-up together during a weekend. And at the time, I hadn't even started putting flowers on my cakes. It was just cakes, um, not even mini cakes. And I started doing the mini cakes at his pop-up. I remember just thinking I should put a little cute flower on top because my mom used to do it at home as well. And that weekend was just kind of crazy because I started with 20 mini cakes the first day and they sold in like 30 minutes. And then the next day I'd made like 60 and they sold in an hour. And then the day after it was like another 80 and he was, and it just sold in two seconds. And so I still remember Daniel just being like, I think this can become a business. And from there, I just switched my mindset a little bit and I started taking it a little bit more seriously. So it kind of sounds like it happened naturally, like you were doing it for fun and then kind of people around you started to reinforce how much they enjoyed your food and your baking. Do you think a part of you would have found your way to it eventually? Like, was cooking always in the back of your mind? Or, um, I mean, yeah. to be honest, I'm a terrible cook, sadly, which I, I mean, I'm learning now, but I didn't have the patience for a while um, because cooking is kind of very creative in my idea. You know, you can kind of throw in the spice, throw in this and that, and I'm very bad at just throwing in things. Um, so baking is kind of my way to go because baking at the end of the day is pretty scientific as well you have perfect dosage and once you get the recipe right you just redo the same recipe over and over so I kind of like that and I'm only getting creative in flavoring uh, as you know not just in like the terms of cooking the chicken and everything I just get really really scared and start yelling at everyone so it's not (laughs) um, but baking has that kind of soothing side to it and I mean I think if if it wasn't for COVID I would have probably stayed at my job just because also of visa purposes and I would have probably it would have taken me 
a while before I would have done that. And I think, honestly, that idea of COVID, I think in a lot of people brought out that side of, you know, and I always say that, but you only live once, like the YOLO side. Mm -hmm. um, And you don't know what will happen to you tomorrow. So just really do what, you know, the instinct wants to and and that's where the baking I was like this is what I really really want to do right now because it just relaxes me and it makes people happy when you know the day is just very stressful and everyone's kind of sad and don't and scared and so I think a little pastry just brings happiness to people so it just really brought that kind of simple life out um mm-hmm. and made me realize how you know you can be happy with with just like a smaller job and something that's not as important as, you know, sometimes the art world can make it seem. Totally. And I think that, um, so I left my job. And so after that, I was like, I need to, yeah, use my body more, connect with people, Mm -hmm. like really engage my whole mind and hands. And so part of that, I helped out at this bakery in San Francisco and the day passes in an hour, you feel like, like you are busy running from oven to oven, like going out to greet people, dropping off cakes, checking off the list of all the pre-orders of people who came in. Like it's so fun and hectic and all consuming. And I think that's, you know, if people feel like in a cubicle, like, oh my gosh, the day is passing so slowly, like you're bored, your mind starts racing. You kind of get into this these thought patterns that are you just get tired of, but like baking and cooking and being, like you said, it to some people it can seem like a more simple job, but it's so rewarding and engaging. And I just loved that. But right. as part of that, I think that people who don't own a bakery don't realize how much red tape there is to get it up and running and getting all these things checked off with like the city and the state and health codes and all this stuff. I think that stops a lot of people actually. Like I don't have a food or a kitchen to bake in. And was that a roadblock to you? Or is that not something that stresses you out? Like those things really stress me out. Um, I'm like, at least like I organize person when it comes to like papers and I hate like, I even hate, you know, doing emails. So it's just kind of like this whole corporate side of the business that I really don't enjoy so much. And I'm actually pretty bad at it. Usually I would say Um, I do love the more creative side. So I think one thing is I, because I started also in the cafe restaurant, the basement of um, my husband's um, cafe doing pastries, I was using all of his permits and everything to make the cakes Mm -hmm. very easy for me. And then for me to do the switch um, to actually having my own bakery, uh, I was lucky enough to actually have the help of, his cafe restaurant what he's done in the past to kind of really help me with understanding quicker how it works that being said I still you know yesterday were like oh we're missing this document in the bakery you should be having this on the wall because there's always something changing to the city especially since COVID there's new laws coming out um you know you have to have this and you have to have that so it's a whole job in itself um to just make sure that everything's you know everything's right like you have all the papers you need to open and I think one one thing I would say actually to compare with um, in France, I feel like it, it's harder to open your own business in France because the city actually makes it really, really hard with so many papers, you know, so many things you have to go and get and this and that, that a lot of young people would just kind of decide not to open in the end. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like there is that 
you know, a lot of papers and all that. But at the same time, it's a bit more accessible. And I think the hope is a bit more there. They're making it a bit easier for you to understand why you're doing this and what it is for. Um, whereas I feel like at least to compare with France, because I used to live in there, they just make, make it such a big thing that it's almost them just saying like, please don't open your business. You know what I mean? So I had that, I had that playful um, part of me that was just like, I want to have all those papers done just to prove that I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it wasn't for my partner, I think I would have probably been really bad at it. Mm-hmm. And I also recently got married in May and we, uh, and I loved following along your wedding and seeing all the beautiful flowers and it looked beautiful. I know you had two, one, I think Indian wedding, one French wedding, but um, yeah, we went to the, we went to the South of France for part of our honeymoon and yeah. I had been to Paris, but I've never been to the French countryside and the south of France. And I think I was expecting it, you know, these are super small towns, like they, there's not many residents. They're so, they're really old, small towns, but the amount of beauty and how everything is so clean. And I think the French just know how to do things well. They know how to keep things beautiful while not trying so hard and, Um, yeah I think they have natural effortless beauty and aesthetic just down to a science how do you incorporate that into your baking and um the kind of the rustic look that you yeah after I feel like you know you described it really well where especially in the south of France there's obviously there's still big cities but there's a lot of small villages that you know one after the other and I'm from a small village where, like, really tiny village where there's literally 300, I believe, and 80 inhabitants in it. Um, and they're mainly over 70 years old. And so there's that kind of idea of, you know, you just go to the bakery and get your bread in the morning and then you walk home and there's nothing really else to do except for, you know, having your vegetable garden and, and working at the same time past that time. And so I think I I kind of grew up on this farm that was, you know, absolutely stunning farm that my parents kind of created from nothing. And I just had that sense of slow life where we have the vegetable garden. We have kind of what we need to live with. My mom would sew our clothes. So it was kind of like a whole sort of almost oasis, if I can call it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would still obviously go to the bigger cities and, and you know, once a month or something like that. But we wouldn't just go to a restaurant once a week. We'd go to a restaurant once every two months and uh, if we're lucky. And so... I think that kind of idea of just kind of getting what you need from the vegetable garden or from the local baker and just bringing it home and making um, what you can for dinner with what's in season and just kind of makes it all a bit more countryside and rustic, like living, uh, like you were saying. And I think because I grew up there until the age of 20, that's kind of really all I knew. And moving to a big city, I realized you know, especially in New York City right now, the, the the living pace is just insane. It's just constantly, you have to constantly do something. Um, you, you know, if you're walking down the street, you're you're walking so fast because everyone else is walking really fast. So you kind of start living the way other people are living. Um, and actually to compare with my husband who grew up in Queens, uh, he's someone who is always, you know, going somewhere, doing something, he can't really stop. And I'm someone who grew up with not really going anywhere and not really going really fast. And so I get really exhausted really quickly with that because I just, my natural instinct is to go back to that way of living that I grew up with. And so I think when 
I moved to New York and I was doing this job and then COVID hit and I was missing actually my mother's uh, baked goods because she has a little tea room on the farm as well where she makes a few cakes and they're absolutely amazing. I was missing those and New York had a lot of bakeries but a lot of the cake shops were just cakes that were very sweet at least to my palate compared to the cakes I would usually have in France and my mother's cakes and so I was really missing those types of cakes and just that feeling of like a natural just easy simple 4 p.m slice of cake with a dollop of cream on top and nothing too fancy or nothing too you know elaborate or just too sugary and so I think that was where I came from with starting to make cakes is I really just wanted that cake again that I couldn't have because I couldn't go home during COVID and you can kind of see through the cakes that I mean they're never really perfect and even if I tried to make them perfect it wouldn't work because I just was not trained as you know like those classic pastry people but I think that kind of makes my own style as well and that's what people enjoy is that it feels like it's really homemade and it is uh, compared to like those really kind of perfectly done cakes that you can buy at a at a you know supermarket or a store and so and then the decoration is is very personal and I think that comes more from my art background um you know I did I studied art history for a while and I paint myself a little bit and so I think I was able to get very creative on the cakes um and the flowers came from my the idea of my mom's garden which you know had always so many different flowers and she taught me so much about flowers as well and you know, what kind of flowers bring what scent and actually what can be nice on the cake on top. So today I saw that your stand mixer gave out. And of course, I'm sure so many things pop up, you know, that are unexpected. I'm sure there was like a long line of people every day. What other fires do you have to put out and what challenges do you face now versus when you opened earlier in the year? Yes, the the joy of having a, a small business as there's always something happening and I think it always keeps you on your toes. But my uh, my stand mixer literally stopped working last week. Um, I called her Micheline. She's like brand new, got her in, for, in January, thanks to my Kickstarter actually. And I was really excited. And then I don't really understand it, but the whole Mercury retrograde moment did hit the bakery really strong. And so the stand mixer stopped. We had four different pop-ups last weekend and a lot of pre-orders and wedding cakes. It was just the most terrifying thing. And two of my bakers were actually on holiday. So the team that was left, we just crushed it. But we were working insane hours to make it work. So I think, you know, you just have to adjust everything and just rethink everything. And then obviously the, you know, like, for example, the square payroll system just stopped working. So people couldn't even pay for their pastries when they came in the store so you just always have to be creative and find solutions Mm -hmm. Um, and one good example actually is one of my employees we were a little worried because sometimes we use water pipettes um, for the flowers to be put in the cake so like or if it's like a bigger flour and the stem produces a lot of you know liquid when you cut it, you just instead of having it with tape and especially when it's hot like that, I'd rather just put it in a bit of water and that water pipette so it survives longer. So we ran out of water pipettes in the middle of all this chaotic thing and I had this huge wedding cake that I really wanna do and I had a few lifts. So I was like, I can probably do it for for this cake, but you know, if we need some more for the next few days until the water pipettes arrive, because we have to buy them online. My employee was like, I'm going to run to the hardware store. And then she started sending me pictures of those little tips for like electric, you know, cables. And I was just like, this is so chaotic. And I just screenshotted it because I was like, this is kind of a moment that 
we'll always remember as a small business of just kind of trying to find anything possible to make it work. And I think that's kind of what I, lo- I, what I love about my team is they all love working here just because it's such a small team and everyone's trying to help each other to just kind of make it to the end of the day, really. Not even thinking about what's next tomorrow. It's just like, let's make sure that today works out. Mm-hmm. And has the pressure changed as you've had your business open for several months now? Like, I'm sure at the beginning, it's all, you kind of don't know what to expect. You don't, people don't have expectations of you as much because you're brand new and they just are so excited. But then months later, people kind of see you as a more established bakery and they have expectations and maybe like you add pressure. Have you been able to kind of let that go? It's actually an interesting question because I'm I'm someone who's really not stressed ever, which is actually, I think, beneficial to this day. Uh, when you own a business is to not kind of like take everything so seriously because otherwise you just forget about the fun part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when I first opened, I didn't know what to expect at all really because, you know, I was, I was baking a few cakes and it was pre-order only. And I, and I knew with the um, Kickstarter that people were backing this and were interested in it, but I didn't know to what extent it was. And so I decided to open this small bakery literally you know without any investors anything so it was a small rent that I got in the East Village and I still to this day think it's one of the smallest bakeries in New York City and my team does too uh in the kitchen but um I was just kind of not innocent I think because I still knew what I was doing but at the same time I was trying to go through it without overthinking it because otherwise I think I would have not done most of what I would have done if I, you know, really tried to like, you know, knowledge or what could go wrong, what could go right. And I think when I first opened and all that, all the people that came through the door was just very excited and interested in seeing what was going on here and what they could get. And I think I had, you know, people, some people were very excited and some people have supported me since the beginning. And some people were just like, well, I don't see why I would want a cake with a flower on. And I was like, that's fair enough. And honestly, it's not for everyone. And that's what I kind of like was trying to explain at the beginning to people and everyone. And even some people were just kind of criticizing, even though they hadn't even been at the bakery. And I was just like, well, you know, that's just a little sad because I am a small business. And I think, you know, I I do this with my heart. So if you don't understand, I totally get it as well. But just, you know, you don't have to be that mean about it. So that was a bit of a, a switch for me the first few months where I had to understand that some people will always be negative towards you and you know not to take it too personally but it is hard when literally the business you know has my name on it and you know I've been making most of the cakes since the beginning so mm-hmm. now I've, I've had that switch now where I just don't take anything as personally as I used to and I've entered that phase where it's more consistent clients it's not that kind of high rush of lines out the door constantly which makes my whole team you know way more organized and way less stressed and then there's I reopen pre-orders as well for like birthday cakes wedding cakes um, larger orders for events and that is something that I've always enjoyed making because I get to be more creative with those big cakes and then in the last few months like you were talking about earlier I started making cookies um, shoe uh, lemon bars so more diverse things that aren't just cakes so that people that live in the neighborhood and don't want a cake at 11 a.m they can walk in and just have a banana bread and a coffee and so I think it's slowly becoming what it's supposed to become but I didn't I'm not trying to impose it if that makes sense yeah. I think I need to live day by day and just see how it goes mm-hmm. 
And I think people are, I mean, speaking for myself, so curious about the schedule, not just within the day, but also throughout the week. Because of course, I don't think you're open every day of the week, but I know you have pop-ups and pre-orders. What does a day in the life look like? And then kind of the flow of a week? Yeah, I mean, so recently, we actually decided to open more days. And we open almost every day, except for Tuesday, sometimes Wednesdays are off as well. Again, because we're a small team, I just kind of announce it online. And people understand, you know, like for today, for example, I couldn't be open, because the stand mixer wasn't working. But I think slowly, I'm becoming, I've realized I have a bit more of a pattern in a day, but it's still very, very up in the air. Because again, you know, obviously, baking is the main part of a day, but there's also decorating cakes, then delivering some cakes, getting picking up flowers. Um, and that just depends on which day I have to do so. But I usually wake up early-ish in the morning, not too early because I'm terrible at waking up early, sadly. And then I usually just kind of start by doing my emails, uh, even though I hate that. And that's why I'm like, let's do it first thing in the morning. So at least I'm done with it. And then I usually head to the bakery you know, decorate a few cakes, deliver some cakes if needed. And then I have, usually I have one or two meetings in the afternoon with different people and then either an event at night, but there's constantly something happening. And I think some days, obviously, when there's like a big dramatic thing that happens or if a cake wasn't baked or something like that, I just end up being there until like 8.30, 9pm. But otherwise, I try to have some sort of, you know, almost like a 8 to, to 7 day if I can. And how many people are in the bakery with you? That's actually a good question because it's changed quite a bit recently. But I would say in total, I think we're a total of like 16 or 17 employees. How do they all fit together? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say not, not at the same time though because that would be insane. But usually just because you have like a, a morning um, baker team and then like a night or like afternoon baker team in the back. So that's usually... Um, I would say two two bakers, one dish person as well. So they're like three in the back. And then at the front, you usually have one to two people, um, you know, taking coffees and orders at the front as well. So you usually have like six people or five people at once. And then I'm always there kind of going back and forth with the front of house and the back of house really. Yeah. And I love the brands that you do pop-ups with. I feel like you just have I feel like From Lucy is just friends with the best of brands, <laughs> and I love seeing who you collaborate with. Can you talk a little bit more about how you get reached out to do pop-ups? And I know you had something during New York Fashion Week. What does yeah. that process look like? I mean, I, I love doing those pop-ups, and I love you know just meeting people. I'm pretty social as a person as well, so that's kind of a big part of, of what I like to do when I make cakes. But I think because I started with pop-ups from the beginning, people just kind of saw it on my page as well that I do that. And it's kind of like a fun, exciting moment where I usually go as well and I just kind of give my cakes out. And because I think my page, like my Instagram page is also pretty personal and and, and people feel like they can kind of almost follow my day-to-day um, in a really honest way. I don't try to kind of make it too you know, romantic or anything. It's just really just me. Um, and I think people enjoy that about it. And so when when I get reached out by for doing pop-ups, it's usually either through Instagram um, or it's actually through email or it's just word to mouth. Like, for example, this past weekend, I did a pop-up with uh, Public Records uh, in Brooklyn, which they reached out via email. But again, a friend of mine had 
done a pop-up the week before already with them. The other one was Madewell. I did a three-day pop-up with them at their new location on Fifth Avenue. And that was one of the team that saw my cakes online and they just loved it. And they were like, this could be a great fit. And it was so much fun just to kind of stand there and get to meet a lot of people. And it's always good for a business as well to go somewhere, you know, and put yourself out there with new people just so they know about your business and they would probably come and order cake in the future. And then Rosie Asselin, which is the last one I did, I I just gave my cookies for a fashion show. And Rosie is kind of interesting because she's been following me literally since the pop-up with Daniel. And she's a clothes designer in the city. And I did her cakes for her first launch of her bridal her bridal dresses and she asked for my cakes then and then I decided to actually have my dress made from her for my wedding so it was kind of like a, wow. a, a little relationship that created through you know cakes and, and clothes and we just became really good friends and so that's why she was like it would be pretty special to have your cookies at my fashion show and the crazy part of it is that the opening of a fashion show the the song that opened the fashion show was a song I actually walk down the aisle on so with her dress which is kind of crazy she didn't know at all so it was kind of like stars aligned and so I think you know doing pop-ups and meeting new people like that for your business is just pretty incredible because you know you make friends for life by doing that as well Mm -hmm. are you at the stage where like with pre-orders and weddings are you taking on as much as people are reaching out or do you kind of like cap yourself and your team to you know be able to some days it's something that I had to learn once I opened. At the beginning, I was like, let's just, you know, take every order. Like, everyone, I just want to make cake for everyone. And my team was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, calm down, Lucy. We can't do all this. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, not every, you know, we don't want to just work, 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 and then get very tired because there's that whole creative process also of, you know, decorating a cake. And if you're so tired, then you become a little bit disinterested and, and the cakes don't look as good. So I think it's something that I learned really quickly. And so we accept pre-orders on the website right now, but there's a limited amount of uh, cakes that we accept per week just because it's a small kitchen. And at the end of the day, I prefer uh, quality over quantity personally. And so for wedding cakes and event cakes, like custom orders that people reach out via email, we try our best to obviously take the order, but I usually ask for at least like a, a two, three weeks notice because unless there's someone who's canceled last minute and I can take on an order, it's just it's just a lot to organize someone's wedding cake, for example, because you usually what I offer, it's like a compliment, complimentary tasting. So people come in, they try two, three different flavors, then they come back saying, I like this cake. And then I'm like, okay, so now let's work on the design, on the flowers, on how you would like the buttercream. And so it takes almost, you know, a month or two to organize that. So usually, yeah, I just kind of limit myself and we just be very honest with people when we tell them, you know, we're a small team and we need more time so we can actually make the product that we want to make. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people come very stressed and like, I need a last minute cake. It, you know, it needs to look like this picture and this picture has nothing to do with the cakes I usually make. And I'm I'd rather not take that order on than just have to change my whole style just to accommodate someone, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to stay true to myself. Yeah. When you are done working at the bakery, end of the day, you go home, have dinner, rest. How have you been able to decompress for the day and let all the things from the day and things that are coming up tomorrow, the rest of the week, pre-orders, how do you find balance between the personal and the business? Honestly, I don't think I'd do a good job uh, at doing that because 
everything's a bit too intertwined I think at this point but yeah. I I'm still I'm still much better at it than I would say some of my friends or even my husband because again it always goes back to how I grew up and how like obviously working was a big part of my my family side but in France it's that sense of you know your job is not your life and you you want it to be kind of your job where you can make the money and then you just go out and see your friends your family you just take the time to have a three hour long meal and so I think that urge to go back to that is always kicks after 6 p.m. for me. So I'm not very productive anytime after. And what I usually do is I come home and what makes a difference and what makes that kind of bridge between my workday and my, uh, you know, starting my night of relaxing is just walking my dog to the park for quite a while. And that just like switches me off. And then I come home and I either, you know, sit and read a book, make dinner like kind of like a long dinner and then it takes two to three hours and then after that I watch a bit of TV and I go to bed but I try not to and I try not to open a single email past 7 p.m if possible unless it's very urgent and I try to put like my phone on do not disturb uh, little small things like that that do make a bit of a difference and otherwise I just go to events with friends so like again if it's like a work event I'll still try and bring a friend that's not related to my job so just so we can kind of have that sort of Mm -hmm. one that's not just about work if that makes sense I think for so many aspiring bakers or home bakers having a successful bakery in New York City in the East Village is like that's the dream and how does it feel a year in have you been able to celebrate or even take it in are you still in the middle of it because you know every day crazy but um, yeah how does it just feel like I think I mean I think it's hit me a little bit recently but still not, I think, to the extent that it does. Because when I got, I went back home a month ago for a wedding at my family's home. A lot of my friends from France or from England were there as well. And then that's when they were talking about my business from the outside of not being, you know, not living in New York and not living that kind of New York life. That's when I kind of realized how it was kind of crazy to think that you know, not being from here at all and making it happen is kind of a big dream that just naturally happened. And and I think that's when it kicked. And I went back to the little Lucy that came five and a half years ago. And I came, I landed at New York airport with like my small suitcase and absolutely no money and took a bus from Newark to Times Square. I remember landing on Times Square and I didn't have a place to stay. And thank God I found a friend who took me in for like a week but she could only I landed like 12 p.m and I had to start my job at 1 p.m that day and so I just put my luggage in you know one of those places where you give like a few dollars and they put your luggage in a uh, you know in one of those closets that you pay for the day and I took a I took the wrong subway and I was just like what am I doing here like this is a crazy idea to move to New York City after like two weeks uh, of someone telling me you got a job, you need to move in two weeks. And I just remember that feeling of being like, this is a really exciting city where everything feels like it's possible to happen if if you just really kind of go for it. So it was kind of crazy that I, I remember that feeling the first day I arrived and it kind of did happen. And I'm still obviously working on it, but I did feel that little moment of like, wow, this actually worked out. Wow. And what is next for you? I know that you have a cookbook in the back of your mind. What's the, where are you at with that? Are you ever going to open a new location? What's next for your bakery? 
yeah, my literary agent, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> she's, she still loves me and I love her so much because she's so patient and I'm slowly working towards this cookbook and I'm very excited about it because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really, again, very honest and very myself and it's going to be a lot of fun recipes and also kind of, it, it will also be a cookbook about, you know, where I'm from and the whole stories, the little knickknacks that make it what it is. Um, so that I'm excited about. And I think that's what I'll really focus on for the next few months. Um, and then otherwise, I think for now, I'm not thinking of opening a second place uh, yet, just because I'm still figuring out um, this current place. It is it obviously does cross my mind. And I think one thing that if I do open another space, I would love to have a, a bigger space to actually have people, you know, more people sitting down, enjoying a tea, a coffee, making it a bit more of like a, almost like a tea time moment, you know, like a 4 p.m., uh, which again goes back to my mom's tea room in France that I really enjoy just because it's, it's a little sad for me to see people coming in, grabbing the cake and go instead of, seeing them kind of enjoy the cake, if that makes sense. So beautiful. Will you have any of your mom's bed and breakfast recipes in the cookbook? Oh, I definitely will. Even though, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely have a few of her recipes and I'll definitely give a little story behind each of them, if she allows me. I haven't asked her yet. I think she should write a whole book also, so. I love that idea. Well, thank you so much. I love this conversation and re-inspired to open my bakery one day. Well, I hope you get to come to New York soon because I would love to have you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Lucy. If you enjoyed this one, I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really means so much to me. I will be back next week with a solo episode, but in the meantime, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week.